After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is Edgy Lee, Hawaii's leading female filmmaker. Edgy has appeared in various television commercials, shows, and film features in the state and in the mainland. She has worked with various prominent individuals in the music and film industry, including His Holiness, The 14th, Dalai Lama, and the late godfather of reggae, Joe Higgs. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, producer, filmmaker, and artist, Edgy Lee. Welcome to our show, Edgy. Hi. So how did you get into the film industry? Mm, by way of uh, music, by way of being in front of the camera, ended up being behind the camera. I think that's sort of like a natural progression. I think I would recommend it, actually, for anybody, whether you want to be in front and then you end up behind or vice versa. I think you can't help but learn something when you're actually on a set or actually like you are behind a microphone or engineering. It all really um, enhances your ability to make a good movie or make a good record. So what is Filmworks and you know, what are you guys up to now? What are we up to? Oh, good question. A big question. Um, Filmworks is a production company that we started about ooh, what, 10 or 12 years ago when I was first still commuting from L.A. to, to Hawaii, not realizing or ri rather not admitting that I actually could live back home because I was so set on the impossibility of moving here, li you know, working in any form of entertainment. Because at the time, what I saw was um, a very interesting phenomenon. I saw a lot of really talented people, but nobody was that, I mean, not, not anyone I had met readily. Uh, I really had to go search them out. No one was, um, in my estimation, those people who were really, really equipped to do independent production and make their own movies and television programming and records as well. Um, they weren't really doing as much as they could do in a city of this size with the kind of talent pool that we have. Instead, I think they had gotten um, kind of into a, into a different kind of industry. It was more of a service industry. And I have a theory about that, and that is that for years and years, uh, a lot of shows came here. Most of them failed, and those that succeeded were very good jobs for people who had families here. And it's really tough to raise your family in an economy like this. So that with uh, Hawaii Five-0 and then Magnum, PI, and all the shows in between, people who would have produced films began to work for other guys. And those guys are from the outside. So that, I guess, kind of, kind of became a rhythm a local rhythm, and they put down their scripts, and they put down their cameras, and they started working as a, more of a, in a service capacity. And I don't mean to insult anybody, I'm with all due respect to my peers and colleagues, but when I came back about 12 years ago, I really could not find anybody that was producing independent films. As I said, I ha it took a while to search out a couple of people, and one I found in Maui, and uh, a couple of companies here. But for the most part, they made a living working for other bigger companies, either film studios or networks that came into town, or short stints like commercials. But we're always working for somebody. So I thought, you know, that would be impossible to live here. 
because that's not what I do. And through the years, the first two or three years, it became evident that it is very possible to do this. And I think I was stupid enough to try it. You know, I really didn't do a lot of R&D. I didn't do a lot of research. I really didn't look at what are the financial considerations because money never motivated me. And that was the smartest thing I had ever done. The minute I did that and I really took a good look inside out, um, everything came. It, it was really very odd. It was like getting on the right path and all of a sudden the wind is behind your back and it's just propelling you and the phone rings, you answer it, you're at the right time at the right place or rather you're motivated or I was motivated by other reasons other than fiscal. And everything has been since then, I think, a decision for me not, not predicated upon money and it's been the best thing for me. So I encourage others when I talk to younger people or people who have studied extensively, or people who are just interested in getting into any form of the industry, um, my best advice I think I can give is that you do not make your decisions based on how much you're going to make. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Hi, this is Edgy Lee, founder of Pacific Network. Please join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Edgy Lee, producer, filmmaker, and artist. You know, being born here in Hawaii and then now making a living in Hawaii, everyone says, man, the cost of living is so high. Yeah. So, you know, what have you been able to do to be able to take your dream or your idea to pursue it? I think it sort of touches upon what I just said before. Um, your idea and your dream can be—it should be mutable, especially if you're in an environment like this, especially at a time such as this. It leads me to answering the question, which I never answered, which is uh, FilmWorks has initiated the building of Pacific Network, an internet network of nine channels, and that was initiated, inspired rather, um, directly because I realized that there's a lot of good work, not just work that we did, but work that I see here that never will make broadcast, not because it's not good, but because there's just such a limited venue. There are only so many places you can play stuff. There's only so many cable stations that are going to pay for programming. And for the most part in our industry, like other industries, they're doing things in-house. They make that's cheaper. They have more control creatively. And so there's less and less chance that you and I are going to see, for instance, broadcasting original programming like the program we're doing right now, which is very rare, um, that really reflects the community. So if you go to Minneapolis or if you go to San Diego or Honolulu, you know, it's very rare that you're going to see something that really has to do with a direct reflection of who we are and 
that's just the way television has developed, I think, nationally. It's kind of like homogenized milk. You know, everything is homogenized, including what we see on television, and very much so, in my opinion. So Pacific Network, is it just for native Hawaiian programming or things going on in Hawaii in general? Uh, Pacific Network is a native Hawaiian portal to the world. And the best to describe it, I would say that 70% of our programming is Hawaii-centric. If you like Hawaii, if you're from here, if you're an expat, if you're a student, if you're you know, just a year away from school and you're homesick, or if you're somebody who visited in World War II and never got back here. I mean, very, you know, obviously very broad, but everything in that, I would say, dem demographic would be, as far as programming, Hawaii-centric. 30% of our programming is directly focused to reach Native Hawaiians, and one of our biggest mandates is to reach 450,000 Native Hawaiians who live all around the world. I mean, we know where they are for the most part in the United States, and we would like to reach them. We'd also like to get them talking to each other. I mean, I, I lived away from home so many years, it would have been really nice to be able to flip on my computer, hit play, see some original programming, see some of KGMB's old programming like Raps Hawaii, um, find out, you know, where's the local business in my neighborhood owned by somebody local or Native Hawaiian? Or, or if I'm in uh, L.A., where can I get poi? You know, I'm here in West Covina. Where's the closest place I can get Simon? I mean, that kind of um, stuff. So that I, I think when you draw upon things that uh, you missed if you were away for a while, it's very easy to answer the question, like, will people be attracted to this? I think yes, because we're, we're looking at a small, finite market, and we're filling a niche that I think is a good niche to fill. How do you earn revenue on something like this? Well, we have investors, we have sponsors, we have um, So it's underwritten programs or is in it part, advertising? Both, both. But, you know, advertising for something like a new, uh, a new platform such as this, which is very brand new, there isn't another network like this that we've seen. We can't really compare ourselves. So we can't send sponsors, say, oh, go and see so-and-so dot so-and-so, uh, because there isn't anything up. So what we're building here is very unique. And one thing I've realized and my colleagues have realized in doing this all together is that, um, that the word laulima, which is one of the basic Hawaiian tenets, and it means uh, working together. Um, I think that there's something that is very, very beautiful that we're, we're witnessing because Laulima, to me, was a notion that was very smart, and it had very much to do with Hawaiian sustainability. So if you weren't working together on these remote islands, you were not going to make it. So I think that in the Pacific Network, what we're noticing is that without the help of bigger companies like Time Warner Telecom, we're working with a company called Core Systems, um, if we didn't have them, helping like big brothers you know we're a small company with a huge idea that everybody seems to be coming around to want to make this work and we're all hawaii companies which is i think really wonderful and i i i'd be proud to continue to be part of something like this you know i don't feel proprietary over the network it's not our company's network it's everybody's it's only going to succeed if everybody here participates from on on many levels thanks for tuning in stay tuned for more on greater good radio after hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. 
Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. Hi, this is Edgy Lee, founder of Pacific Network. Please join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with producer, filmmaker, and artist Edgy Lee. Well, I want to step back a little bit because, you know, you graduated from Punahou, right? What point in your life did you realize that, you know, you like this type of thing, you're really involved in the arts, and Mm. what developed you? I think I'd have to qualify that. I graduated from Punahou, but I went to Lincoln School. So I think I grew up with the best of both worlds. You know, I grew up with kids from Papakalea. So I th- it's very easy for me to see how that transition was made, how I got myself back home. And, um, uh, and it's a question that's really common that's given to me. How did I get back home and why did I get into this field? Um, and what inspired me to make such a huge move to, to move back home? You know, I was away for almost 20 years. And uh, I can say this, that when I came back one year, it was my sister Lori's wedding, I visited friends, and I'd always been in touch with them, you know, but had a really strong connection to Papakalea, which is the only urban Hawaiian homestead in the state. And I saw what had happened, and I was really saddened. And I was like, then I became incensed, like, oh, my gosh, how can this happen to Native Hawaiians? And then I started to realize all the kids and what a hard time they had. And I don't mean financial. I mean emotionally and spiritually and mentally, how they maybe really didn't have a fair shake. And I got really upset. I thought, well, somebody should make a film about this. And when I went to do the regular R&D, like I had done for many projects away from home, I I realized that no one was going to understand a film about the Native Hawaiians the way I was I was approaching it. They were going to say, oh, well, what's the difference between Native Hawaiians and, and Mexican-Americans or other indi- – I mean, I'm Irish. I had a tough time in Philadelphia. I thought, geez, they're right. You know, I mean, rather, that could happen. And what you really needed to understand was the basic underpinnings of who the Native Hawaiians were or are and why it was unfair to look at the struggle that they go through and why they are different from us and why they, in my opinion – uh, really deserve more of uh, consideration than everybody else that's made this place a home, even though my, my family's been here for over five generations. We're not the same. So uh, when I began the research, an elder came to us and said, okay, what are you doing? And we said that we're doing the story. We want to know more about Papakalea as an example. It's an urban home. So she says, okay. She sat me down and she said, you know that, did you know that FDR was here? And he came up here, and we hosted him. We gave him a quilt. I said, excuse me, what? Franklin Delano Roosevelt was in Pavacalea. How come, A, I don't know about it? B, how come I'm only learning about it now? And C, why doesn't this entire neighborhood know about it? And wouldn't it be wonderful for these kids who I'd seen driving up this neighborhood, you know, for the last X amount of months, you know, with stickers on their cars that said Jawaiian or, you know, Jaw this. I mean, I'd just worked for three years with all the biggest reggae artists in a studio in L.A., and I did not see Hawaiian stickers on their cars. How come I'm seeing Jamaican icons on these young Hawaiians' cars? Where's Prince Kuhio? Where's Kamehameha's image? So I, that sent me on the right path. And she said to me, okay, 
if you do your homework and all this, and okay, we're going to give you the story. So they gave us their story, which ended up to be a very simple story of elders struggling in a Western world, fighting Congress, and deeming that whole area a Hawaiian homestead, which is very unusual, the only one in the state. And that one incident set me on a path that I said earlier that was not about money, but it was about doing work and telling a story that I didn't see told. So I was purely motivated by that and not my career. It seems like every project that you're going into has some type of a social mission or a cause behind it. Uh, were you always like that, or <laughs> is it is it just something new? Was I always like that? Mm, I don't think I consciously ever th thought about doing work that had you know was important work or any of that. You know, it's like this is not brain surgery. You know, I don't take it. I don't take myself so seriously. I think that's a good rule for everybody. You know, when we start to take ourselves too seriously, it's like God, how boring or how pompous. I think that um, I really do believe that when you're in the arts and many other industries and and walks of life, but for the arts in particular, you know, you start with nothing. You start either with a blank canvas, an empty page, a camera with tape or film, and that's zero. That's nothing. And everything comes from what you envision and what you can imagine. So if you, you know, envision it, and or if you build it, they'll come. And if you imagine, and I always say this is like our mantra, you know, if you do imagine a perfect world or a better world or a better way to do something or a better way of life or a group of people that don't have a voice or haven't had a voice and you just happen to be walking by and can give that group a voice, then isn't that a good thing to do? I mean, what's it to you? You might have another job. I mean, you don't necessarily have to do this for a living. You don't have to be totally committed and, I mean, in, in the sense of uh, giving up one thing to do good, to do good. You know, hence the, the name of your show. You can do that in every, in, in any moment in your daily life. So, no, I never really consciously thought, I'm going to do this kind of work. It just so happened. I think that the body of work that I have, I, if I look back, I mean, there's other stuff I've done, plenty of other stuff I've done, but I think that that's what I like. I, I, um, I'm attracted to preservation of Hawaii's culture and tradition, whether it's native Hawaiian or not, and I think that comes from having to live away for so many years and appreciating what we have here. And I saw the change, and I feel the change now. Only in the last 10 years I've been back or so, uh, I see a great change. And I was talking to, we interviewed Alan Wong recently, and he was saying, oh, yeah, we're just a mom-and-pop store. I thought, wow. Geez, that's an expensive mom and pop store. Great <laughs> mom and pop store, but he is absolutely right. You know, he started to name uh, like the King's Bakery across the street, Macaulay Chop Suey, this one, that one. All these little shops that had closed down around just the area where his restaurant is. I thought, he's right. You know, so I think that everybody has important work that they can do, and they can make it better for the next guy or the guy sitting next to them. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Neptune Nights. 
staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune nights, it's sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. Hi, this is Edgy Lee, founder of Pacific Network. Please join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with producer, filmmaker, and artist, Edgy Lee. You know, in the introduction, I had said that you're the leading female filmmaker. Did you ever feel that being female made a difference, or do you think that it's your purpose and passion that makes you a leader in the industry? First of all, I think it does make a difference, your gender. And most women would say, I think the same thing in this industry. Most men would say, no, it doesn't make a difference. But it does make a difference. Um, the way I had to learn how to relate to my own crew, the way I had to prove myself and still do have to prove myself to, to people in my crew. You know, not everybody, but some people have, you know, are not used to it, that I'm a female. And when you take a directive from a female for some people, it's, it's, it's hard. The other uh, your part to your question I don't think that you can consciously really mold the end portion of your career. I mean, you can try to, you can set yourself out for a goal, but when you're in the arts, if you're not flexible, I don't think you're going to have an easy time. And that's part of the, the, the upside to being in the arts and really part of the detriment because it's not easy. For some people, it's not easy not knowing the end point. You know, you have an idea. When you go out to make a documentary film, for instance, you can't, you, you work with a script, but you cannot dictate what somebody's going to say. Like, you don't know what I'm going to say next. Like, I, yike. <laughs> um, with people, real people in real situations, you can't even physically control what it looks like. So you try your best. So you just capture what you can. That's pretty much, I think, how I approach a career. You have an idea of what you want and where you want to go and the, the difference that you want to make or the effect you'd like to make. But if you cannot, if your personality is not such that you can roll with change and things that are unexpected, then you're going to have a harder time. When did you make this move into filmmaking? Because it, it says here in your bio that you were doing modeling and mm -hmm. uh, playing the piano and violin. You know, what was some of that uh, like? Um, if I can tell you, I, I must have gone on hundreds and hundreds of interviews for national commercials. You know, some I got, some, most of them I didn't get. And at the time when I was much younger, my agent was Nina Blanchard. She was like one of the biggest agents in L.A. And she sent me, she signed me. She said, you know, Edgy, you're never going to make as much money as my leggy blondes. And I'll never forget that line. Like, what did she mean by leggy? First of all, oh, oh, taller, taller, bigger. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, she was still signing me. And I, and I got it. I got it then. It was like there was nobody, like China Machado, which was like in the 50s. There was nobody that looked like me. And the only girl of color at the time was um, one of uh, Quincy Jones's daughter. 
Jolie Jones was another model in the same agency. But it's like we were the only two, and then there was another girl that came on, and then another year another girl who was like Hoppa. But there really wasn't what you see today, and I'm so happy to see that today. So when I came up in front of the camera, it was a ch great challenge. But I knew from the beginning that that was not the kind of challenge where I was not ready to you know, stay any longer in New York or go to Europe and work. It was not my thing because I always felt like I was in front of the camera, but I was at the bottom of the totem pole. I didn't want to be directed. I wanted to direct. <laughs> or I thought, God, that's really lousy dialogue. How can, they, how can they be spending all that money on this stuff? So I always knew that I wanted more and I, I could contribute more. So I got myself from in front of the camera behind. Could you give us a quick message to inspire people, especially the younger generation? It's not about the money. It's about what you feel your purpose and what your passion is. I think, especially for local kids, that I see that there is a lack of confidence, and I don't know why. You know, when we grow up here, we grow up here with so many more tools than the rest of them. And I mean, the rest of the country and may, many parts of the world. When you grow up and you go to school and you're, you're understanding and learning automatically how to get along with people from different, vastly different cultures. And it's an unspoken talent and a sensitivity that we have. When you know that you live on islands and we have limited resources and we got to sustain this and you have elders and you understand what it is like to respect them and yet lead your independent life and still you're living on an island, okay, that is a lot of knowledge and a lot of smart, I'd say, um, you know, common sense, which is lacking today. So I say to kids that, you know, understand that you have a lot, when you, you know, whether you go to college or not. You know, you, want, you have more than most, and you have such great um, ability. You know, don't, don't, um, don't cut yourself short. You know, I think that, I think that our kids deserve to, under, you know, to see more, that they, they should have greater confidence in what they have already, without traveling away even. You know, and if, and if you're away, come back home. Like, the water's fine here. You know, we need you. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.